Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, welcome to Politics by Faith. Thanks for being the story of the day. New York Times, the mask mandates did nothing. Will any lessons be learned? But this is not actually about COVID. This episode is about something much bigger than COVID. We'll explain in a moment. First, if you're new to the podcast, the, the, the quick gist of it, we take a story of the day that's causing anxiety in the news, because it all does, and we break it down, talk about what's really happening, and then we lament the brokenness of the story, and then the turn is where we uh, give some historical perspective and some biblical truth that uh, brings peace. And then the anxiety goes away, and we leave with something that's in our control because that's where anxiety, anxiety is when there's something out of your control. So we talk about what is in our control and then a little parting thought and then we can go to bed. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the goal here. So I'm grateful you're here. So New York Times piece about the mask mandate and it, none of it, it was worthless, all of it. Let me just read this first two paragraphs. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of COVID was published. Its conclusions, said Tom Jeffries, the Oxford epidemiologist, who is its lead author, were unambiguous. Quote, there's just no evidence that masks make any difference. Full stop. But wait, hold on. What about N95 masks? Makes no difference. None of it. <laughs> so none, of, none of the efforts made any difference at all. Oh, but we got to do something. Do you? Do you? So we're not going to go on a whole COVID thing here. But do you remember? <laughs> we were told all of these lies. And if you asked any questions, you were the worst person on the planet. You wanted to kill grandma. And here we are three years later, and you were right. And no one will ever apologize. No one will ever admit they were wrong. And no one will ever learn their lesson. NBC News just published this headline. Immunity acquired from a COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death. The immunity generated from an infection was found to be at least as high, if not higher, than that provided by two doses of an mRNA vaccine. Yeah. I know. And, and it's not like I know. We've always known. <laughs> this has always been known until three years ago. And now we re-know it again. It's like, geez. The, now, here's one thing about this New York Times article. The mask mandates did nothing. No. It did a lot worse than nothing. Seth Dillon from the Babylon Bee says they harmed kids, eroded public trust, and psychologically damaged millions of people to the point where they're afraid to breathe in public. <laughs> I want to focus on the trust. That's the real point of today's episode of Politics by Faith is the trust, the damage that this did to the trust we have in each other 
the trust we have in our institutions and the trust that we had in our leaders. I have no trust in our institutions and leaders. None, none at all, not a lick. But I'm not happy about that. That's not good. I think it's accurate. (laughs) I think it's proper. It's understandable. but It's not good. I read an article about the CEO of Starbucks, Howard Schultz. And the whole article was about unionization. The Starbucks employees want to unionize. He doesn't like unions. He said, but this isn't really about unionization. He said, there's bigger things going on. There's much bigger macro issues here at play than just Starbucks. Here's what he said. He said, I talked to thousands of our Starbucks employees. I was shocked, stunned to hear the loneliness, the anxiety, the fracturing of trust in government, fracturing of trust in companies, fracturing of trust in families, the lack of hope in terms of opportunity. It's the CEO of Starbucks talking to baristas. That's what he, that's what he came up with. Loneliness, anxiety, no trust, no hope. He's like, whoa, this is a lot bigger than Starbucks. So what's really going on here? You've heard that people or we all lack trust in America. And again, our institutions and leaders, sure. I want to change that a little bit. I think the problem is we've been trusting in the wrong things. The things we've been trusting in on this earth have not pulled through, but we never should have expected them to. It's a miracle that any institution ever did follow through or any politician did ever do a thing trustworthy. It was all a false sense of security. So we need to look to things to trust in that will never betray you because we have been betrayed over and over and over again. I think people are sick of it. Uh, There's a book and a TED Talk by Simon Sinek called Leaders Eat Last. Lots of points in it. This is a very loose summary. Um, But one of the points is, in a, let's say in a business, we have no problem when the senior level people are making a lot of money and getting a lot of perks, right? They got the corner office with the big windows and the whole thing. And people understand this. They're the big time executive. They're the leader. And when times are good, they're going to get the perks. Okay. Everyone's okay with that. But part of that, a major part of that, albeit unwritten, is that when times are bad, these leaders will eat last. What do you mean eat last? They'll take the biggest sacrifices first. They're the the ones who will eat last. Again, times are good. They make money. They get the corner office, etc. Times are bad. They get paid last, if at all. That's the assumption that we all have. And this was part of the major betrayal of the 2008 economic collapse. It's that the fat cats got away with it. Or even profited from it. It was one thing when when the economy was flying and the fat cats get fatter. But then when things crash, the fat cats get fatter. (laughs) Right? Like, you got the perks when things were good and you got the perks when things were bad. And I got crushed when times were bad. No, no, no. That's, do you see, that's ugly, right? And that was a major crushing blow 
to people's trust. And then people started trusting again in those things. And then now we went through the last couple of years. We've been trusting in the wrong things. So let's lament this for a little bit. The problem with this is when we're trusting in the wrong institutions or people, we're not trusting God. And when we're not trusting God, you're more prone to anxiety and idolatry and deception. You're more prone to be deceived. And you're going to, you're just not, you're not going to be happy. <laughs> like, literally happy. Proverbs 16 says, whoever gives heed to instruction prospers and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. But the King James version, I actually like a lot. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. We've had so much betrayal and so much anxiety that comes from trusting things that are unreliable and untrustworthy. It's just constant anxiety. And I, I for one, want peace. Psalm 62.5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Calvin translates it a little differently. Calvin says, My soul, be thou silent before God. My soul, be silent before God. When you trust in God, your soul is calm, undisturbed, silent, peaceful. Right? If you're trusting in the wrong things, you're going to be anxious. If you're trusting in God, you're going to be peaceful. David, Psalm 22, many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. I'll explain that in a second. They open wide their mouths at me as a ravening and roaring lion. What are the bulls of Bashan? So this area was known for having the best pasture land, Bashan. It means fruitful. So the cows there were known for being massive and strong. So this is an expression for large, fierce enemies, the bulls of Bashan. David felt surrounded by his enemies, but he wanted his soul to rest in God. Isaiah 36, now on whom do you trust? Now on whom do you trust? Let's get to some history. I think our founding fathers, when they were forming a new nation, writing a constitution, a new government of the people, they, I don't think, I know they were scholars of human nature. More than anything, they understood human nature. Montesquieu said, constant experience shows us that every man invested with power is apt to abuse it and to carry his authority as far as it will go. Alexander Hamilton said of groups of people, Men love power. Give all power to the many, they will oppress the few. Give all power to the few, they'll oppress the many. <laughs> and it's said that Patrick Henry said, we have not fought a revolution to rid ourselves of one distant despot, only to set up a domestic version of the same. But I love this, and I love thinking about our founding fathers because our founding fathers, not only did they not trust other people, they didn't trust themselves. They did not trust themselves, which is why they set up separations of power and all the rest. But who did they trust in? Who did they try? Who did our founding fathers trust in? Who did our founding fathers trust in? I'll give you a hint. It's on the money. Have you ever thought where that phrase came from? In God we trust. Let's work backwards. So it became the official motto 
of the United States in 1956. It replaced out of many, one, e pluribus unum. Also a great motto. 1956. It became very popular during the Civil War. Lincoln, in 1865, he signed a bill putting in God we trust on the money. This was a little trivia note here. This was the last bill that Lincoln signed before he was assassinated a month later. How about that? The last, did you know that? The last bill that Lincoln signed was the bill that put in God we trust on our money. So where'd that come from? Let's go back a little further. It came, the idea came from Sam and Chase, openly religious man. He was a senator from Ohio, then the treasury secretary. And I think at the time he would have been a, uh, the, the chief justice of the uh, Supreme Court. So he uh, was traveling through Rhode Island, traveled through Brown University, and their motto at Brown University was, in God we hope. Now before that, it was a line in a poem by Francis Scott Key, written in 1814, called The Defense of Fort McHenry. And here's the last, the last little stanza. Uh, oh, thus be it ever when freemen shall stand between their loved home and the war's desolation, just destruction. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our cause it is just. And this be our motto, in God is our trust. That's the last line of the poem. You may know this poem. It starts off with, Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. The last line of it is, in God is our trust. Before that, 1748, the Pennsylvania Gazette reported that Ben Franklin's militia in Pennsylvania had a regiment whose motto was, in God we trust. Today, it's in government we trust. Or in, I don't know, in, in money I trust. Or in myself I trust. Or in Tony Fauci I trust, right? It's, we're just, we're flailing because we don't trust in God. You know, David was betrayed. Psalm 41, he says, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. He was burnt, which is why he also said in Psalm 118, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in the CDC. I added, I added that part, that CDC part's not in there. But David learned that sinful people will fail you, but you can always trust in God. Now, David's son kicked it up a notch. Solomon in Proverbs 3, 5, said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So Solomon says, don't even trust your own mind. <laughs> don't, even trust, don't even trust you. Don't rely on your own understanding. You know, today our society, everyone's like, well, I feel like, whenever someone wants to say an opinion, they say, oh, I feel like, it just feels like, just stop, knock that off. First of all, don't say that, say I think. But even then, don't trust in your own understanding. Trust God. And, uh, Hebrews eleven eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I think about that all the time. Not knowing where he was going. He trusted God and he obeyed. So Slater, what's in my control? You got me all, like I get it. 
But now what do I do? So I can't trust nobody. Super. Thanks. What can we do? A couple things. Three things. First, be trustworthy. You can't trust in other people or things, institutions, politicians. But that doesn't mean you can't be trustworthy. What a way to show how different you are from the world to be a trustworthy person. Number two, something you can do. What's in your control? Admit when you're wrong. Admit it. You can trust a person who's willing to admit when they're wrong. It's weird. The devil convinces people to never admit they're wrong. Or let me, let me not say other people. The devil will try to convince you to not admit you're wrong by telling you, by trying to convince you that people will never trust you again. If you say, I was, I'm sorry, I was wrong, then you think people will never trust you. It's the opposite. If you admit you're wrong, people are more likely to trust you in the future. Third thing that's in your control. So first is to be trustworthy. Third is to admit you were wrong. Third is to suffer with a friend. Suffer with a friend. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. When you suffer with people, alongside people, that's what compassion means. Passion means suffer. Com means with. So alongside, you suffer with someone. Compassion. Uh, when you suffer with people, it builds a bond and you can both be more trustworthy with each other. So while the world is untrustworthy, what an opportunity for us to be trustworthy. And we get our strength from trusting in God. Final thought to leave you with. I actually got two imageries here and you can just pick your favorite one. Two is too many to leave with. I know. So just pick one and, and go with it. Uh, Isaiah 40. Uh, starts in verse 30. Uh, Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's pretty good. So you can leave with the imagery of wings, eagles, running, not growing tired. That's okay. Here's the, here's the one I prefer. So you can, you can just stop the podcast now if you want. <laughs> if you just want to leave with that one. If, you're have, if that one speaks to you, if that one rings your bell, you just you roll with that and uh, have a wonderful night. But if you're like, eh, give me another one, sir. All right, I like this one more. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. My blessing is on those people who trust in me, who put their confidence in me. This is God talking, by the way. So my blessing is on those people who trust in me, who put their confidence in me. That's encouraging. They will be like a tree. You got the visual? They'll be like a tree planted near a stream whose roots spread out toward the water. This tree has nothing to fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no need to be concerned in a year of drought. It does not stop bearing fruit. Oh, come on. That's it. My blessing is on you when you trust God. God's blessings on you when you trust God. And you will be like a tree planted near a stream, constantly pulling water from it. So when life is battering you around, when the heat comes, when the suffering comes, when the trials come, because your tree is planted near that river, because you trust in God, you will never stop bearing fruit. SlaterRadio at gmail.com. If you could leave a five-star review, it would be amazing. Politics by Faith. Mike Slater.